0: Would you turn to uh, Matthew, the sixth chapter, if you'd look there. We looked at this in verse uh, 25, Matthew 6, 25. Jesus said, therefore I say to you, take no thought for your life. Do you remember we talked about don't take an anxious thought? Don't take it. You do, you don't. Well, we did. We talked about it. <laughs> and if you weren't with us, you can go back, get the previous message, get caught up with us. I believe it'd be worth your time. And uh, you'll see something the Lord keeps saying over and over, take no thought, take no thought, take no thought. And uh, he, he's not saying that you just don't ever think about it. If you look up the words, it means anxious thought. We would say don't worry. Don't worry about that. But the language is is specific and right. Don't take the thought of anxiety. And that's one of the greatest revelations you could ever have is that you don't have to think on things just because they come to you. Most Christians have never got this yet. They either haven't heard it, don't know it, or don't, they've heard it and don't believe it or are ignoring it, but uh, it matters what we think. Yes, it it, how much does it matter? The Romans 8 says to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. What you and I think on is literally life and death. That's how serious it is. And the bigger part of spiritual warfare occurs right here. He said, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or natural, but they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is the bigger part of spiritual warfare. Is knowing what to take and let in your thinking. And what to not let in your thinking. What to receive and what to resist. Now God's words, you know. God spoke to his first covenant people, not in English, but in Hebrew, right? And in the New Testament was written, not in English, but in Greek, right? And how many of you know and read Greek? I don't see too many hands. So what's the difference? Well, words are just letters strung together. And the reason they're significant is because of the thought that's in them. If a word doesn't convey to you or I a thought, it is a useless thing to us. If I speak to you in a language that you don't understand, even though I may be describing something perfectly and saying it excellently, if you don't understand, if none of these words puts a thought in your head. It's useless. And so the thing to understand is that God's word contains God's thoughts. And his thoughts (laughs) are light and life. They are so powerful. That's why he said to be spiritually minded is life. But the enemy also has thoughts, and there's death in these thoughts. We should be selective about what we read and what we listen to. Songs are what? Words. What's in the words? Thoughts. All inspiration is spiritual. Is spiritual. Every book that was ever written, it came by inspiration. Somebody was, the word inspire means to breathe. Breathe in to. And so spiritual influences are always trying to convey and get thoughts out. And so the enemy is trying to influence us with his thoughts of death and destruction. God's endeavoring to influence us with his thoughts of life and light and love and peace and joy. And it's our mind and it's up to us what we let in. And so if we think wrong thoughts, worry and anxiety and fear, and it torments us, and it can even destroy you if you yield to it enough people have gone crazy people have lost their mind thinking on the wrong things Mm -hmm. whose fault was it theirs Theirs. they should not have let those thoughts in their mind now they would tell you especially at a certain point they would tell you they can't help it they can't stop thinking about that that's a lie the devil has convinced them of now, of course, the longer you yield to something, you get in a habit of it, you get in a deep rut of it, then you'll go into that rut without even thinking about what you're doing, but you can break out of it. Amen. Come on, I want you to say, my mind, my mind. is my mind. my mind. I can control, I can control what, I think on. what I think on. This is one of the biggest revelations you could ever get. In this life, most of the world doesn't believe it. Most of the world, of the billions of people on the planet, don't even believe in God. And so when thoughts come to them, they're not even aware that these thoughts have spiritual origins. And if a thought comes into their mind, and these thoughts can be accompanied with feelings, a thought and a feeling comes to them, they don't know anything to do but to think on it. And so it is so easy for the devil and his cohorts to manipulate most of the population of the planet. All, if he wants somebody to say something, all he's got to do is bring that thought across their mind. And they'll say it. If it crosses their mind, they're going to spit it out. No examination, no filter between thought and word. And that's just letting the enemy control you, like a puppet. Because words matter. You get to saying something and believing it and declaring it and decreeing it, good or bad, it will overtake your life eventually. Amen. It'll start controlling your life, and the enemy knows that. And so Jesus said, "What? Take no Certainly, He wants you to take His thoughts." Yeah. And you'll see that in other scriptures. But he's talking about anxious, uh-huh. fearful thoughts. Every time the Lord or an angel or a prophet inspired by God came on the scene, one of the first things they usually say is, fear not. Fair not. <laughs> right? Yeah. So these thoughts of fear and anxiety are not from God. Right. And we are supposed to shut the door of our mind to it. And say, no, I'm not thinking. And if you catch yourself that you have been thinking about it, boot it out. Is that right? Get it out. Cast it down. Take that thought captive and say, no, I'm not thinking about that. And like we already said, you can't just say, okay, I'm not thinking about anything. Your mind doesn't suffer a vacuum. You, you've got to replace it with something. You've got to fill your mind with the right thing, look at the right thing, think and talk about the right thing that helps you to not think on the wrong thing it's a replacement, let's read a little bit more what did Jesus say take, oh somebody said it out loud take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for the body what you put on He's not to life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Raymond. Behold, the fowls of the air, they don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Do you remember we talked about looking at the birds, yes. watching the birds? Birds eat. Okay. If birds eat, I'm going to eat. That's right. right? That's what he's saying. Quit looking at the world, the economy, the government, the company you work for, the price of eggs, milk, and bread. Quit looking at that and look at the birds. Billions of birds, probably more than that, probably trillions or more, all over the planet are eating. So we're going to eat. He said, uh, "Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they?" We talked about this. Which of you, by taking thought, an anxious thought, taking that thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Now let, let me just reiterate this. You'll hear people talk about, "I suffer from insecurities. You know, I just I don't believe in myself and." I know they—they they tell me I'm—I'm I'm pretty. They tell me I'm handsome, but I—I just—I don't know. I—I just—I—I I don't think. I think they're just trying to—to to be nice to me. <laughs> I was counseling a young couple that had only been married for a—I don't know—month or so or two—and they were having some issues. And this is many years ago. And the—the uh, the young lady was saying, you know. He just, I don't think he likes me very much. And he looked at me with angst in his eyes and his voice. He said, Brother Keith, I think she's wonderful. I think she's beautiful. And she said, oh, you're just saying that. He said, Brother Keith, I'm serious. I think she's, and I could tell he really means it. And she said, no, you're just saying that. This is repeated so many times. Here's somebody, Now, and this is not always the case, But in this case, this man really did care about her. He really, well, they got married for some reason, (laughs) right? He really cares about her. He really thinks she's tremendous and beautiful and, and everything. And here's somebody who loves her. She's refusing to receive that thought from somebody who loves her, telling her she's wonderful and strong and beautiful and amazing. And here's somebody, the devil, who hates her, wants to destroy her, telling her all these lies, and she's taking those thoughts. She's receiving thoughts from somebody that hates her and rejecting thoughts from somebody that loves her. And I have seen situations where it didn't matter how much you did for somebody, how many times you said things for them, they would never be convinced. And that's sad. I said, that's sad. We shouldn't have to try to do extreme things every other day to prove to you we care about you. And you still not believe it. You can believe whatever you want to believe. You can never believe the truth. That somebody cares about you. Including God. And you can choose to believe. Who's telling you. Nobody cares about you. And that just come out of the thin air. Who's telling you. No they're just saying that. No they really think this. No, they're, Where's that coming from. Are you spiritual enough. To discern. That the enemy. Is bringing wicked lies. To you. And you're choosing to believe them. Instead of somebody who really cares about you. It's a choice. What you believe is a choice. It's a choice. I want you to say it again. My mind, my mind. is my mind. my mind. I'm in control, I'm in control. Of, what I think. of what I think. We need to understand the enemy cannot force you. To dwell on and meditate on something. Now he can bring it to you nine hundred times in a day with feelings. But if he does, what do you got to do? You got to cast it down nine hundred times. I know it ain't fun, but this is warfare. This is what the Bible's talking about. We we have somebody arrayed against us, he's trying to hurt us. He's trying to steal from, it is so sad that relationships have been destroyed by this kind of thing. People get tired of you never believing them when they're telling you the truth and always pulling on you to try to prove, prove, prove what you've already proven 500 times. It's not okay for you to be so insecure because you're choosing to believe lies, and you're the one choosing to believe them. I had somebody yell at me down the hall one time. They didn't like what I had preached. I was on my way out, and uh, they said, "I, I don't, I don't believe that." And they're just yelling, and and I don't, I don't like you. And I said, "You don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me." <laughs> Now that made them even matter, I think. Why should I let their problem make me insecure? Oh, they don't like me. Why not? I'm a nice guy. What did I ever do to them? That? That's me being dumb. That's me letting the devil play me. Now, if I made a mistake, Okay, I need to repent. I need to say, sorry, I I messed up. I I did. But if I didn't, Mm -hmm. and here's somebody who doesn't even know me, why should I get hurt to the core when I know they have no idea what they're talking about? They don't know me. Don't be quick to believe bad things about yourself. In fact, don't believe it at all. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just don't take, don't, don't take it. that thought. <laughs> Come on, you, you need to, you know, of like those people they they get rebellious against authority that they shouldn't get rebellious against. Here's a place you can get rebellious <laughs> with the enemy. You need to say. I ain't gonna take it. I'm not I'm not gonna take it. You can't make me take it. Take what? These thoughts of anxiety and fear and insecurity and demeaning me and running me down. I'm not gonna take it. No matter how it comes, who it comes through, I'm just not gonna take it. Why? My security. We actually taught a, a series a few years ago. Anybody remember what that was about? Uh, huh? Precious in His Sight? Precious in his sight? Yes, sir. Was that it? Yeah, Precious in His Sight about identity. Yeah. Where you find your identity. Was that the series? Yes. Man, the Lord helped us in that. He gave us some, some really good light and, and revelation. And the thing is, if your identity is in anything, Accept who you are in him. You are in danger. You know, because if your identity is mostly based on your looks, that's going to (laughs) change. Eventually. (laughs) If your identity is based on your athletic ability, that's going to change too. Right? (laughs) If your identity is built on your money and your professional success, that can change in a week. Or a day. And then you don't know who you are. Or what you are. If your identity is based in your relationship to other people. I'm so and so's child. Or husband. Or wife. Or whatever. If that changes. Then you don't know who you are. Your identity shouldn't be in any of that. Your identity should be in something that's eternal. And unchanging. Who you are in him. And when you get that. And see that. You become so secure. And it's so nice to not cry yourself to sleep every other night. It is so nice to not let people's dumb and crazy words just pierce you like you got no armor on. I got a breastplate on, I got a shield of faith, I got a helmet. Even the biggest, ugliest spears and flaming darts just go ding, ding, bing. Boy, that was a strong one there, wasn't it? Didn't get me, though. Didn't pierce me. Didn't pierce my heart didn't hurt me and cut me to the cord, cause me to lay down and cry like a little baby and go, why do they hate me? Why do they hate me? The Lord never promised you everybody would love you. He said he loves you. And that's never going to change. And he told you to love them no matter what they said or did. That keeps you Stable. Stable. Stable and of a sound mind. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. And that's how fear comes. In these thoughts and in these feelings. Take no thought of fear, failure, anxiety, worry. Said out loud, I ain't going (laughs) to take it. I know that's not good English. But (laughs) we ain't going to take it. I'm not going to take it. You're not going to take what? These worried, fearful, bad, wrong thoughts. Why? Because it's death. To be carnally minded is death. Verse uh, 28. Why take thought for raiment? He says, verse 31. Therefore what? Take no thought. This is the third time. Verse 34. What did he say? Take therefore thought no thought. If Jesus said it one time, it's important. If he said it twice, it's really important. If he said it three times, it's really, really important, If he said it four times in half a chapter, what might you guess? This is something I probably ought to put in big bold print and stick on my refrigerator. Is that right? Or my mirror in the morning, what? Don't take the thoughts, yeah. Yeah. the wrong thought. Man, if this is this is all we got tonight, but we got it in us where we never forgot it. This would be one of the greatest nights of your life. That's right. You understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. Say it out loud. Don't take the thought. Don't take it. Off. Don't take it. Don't, don't, take it. don't take it. Will it come? Yes. Can you recognize when it comes? Yes. What kind of thought this is and where it might have come from? Yes. Then what do I do? I say no, no casting that, that word strong, cast it, throw down. Throw it down, slap it down, and grab that thought and take it into captivity. Right. And so I'm not thinking that. That's right. I'm not thinking on that. I'm not sitting here thinking about what they said to me. You don't have to have any vision or audible voice to help you to see when something comes to you And after thinking about it for 10 seconds, you've lost your joy. Come on, can you see that? You've lost your peace. It's upsetting you. This is a thought you shouldn't be thinking about. It's hurting you. You should throw this thing out of your mind, shut the door, and change the channel. Get your mind on something the Lord told you that's good. Go to Philippians, please, fourth chapter. This is so exciting because it really is revolutionary. It is life-changing. And even though you've heard me say it now several times, I'm telling you, most believers are not doing this. They're not doing this. Even, you know, so-called Charismatic word, faith, people, most people are not doing this. And it's because of a number of reasons, but you can't decide for anybody but yourself. But you can do this. Somebody say, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That includes getting a hold of your thought life, controlling what you think. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. Well, if he didn't give us the spirit of fear, what are we doing with it? Yielding to it, right? If he didn't give it to us, we shouldn't be hauling it around. God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of what? He gave us the spirit of power, love, and what? A sound. Sound, healthy, stable, strong. Sound mind. Somebody say sound mind. Wow. Sound mind. But you're not going to have a sound mind if you receive the spirit of fear. That's right. If you take it. That's right. Look with me in Philippians 4, verse 4. He said, Rejoice in the Lord, always. And again I say, Rejoice. Now, if you sit there and think on the wrong thing, will you be rejoicing at the same time? You won't be. That's an indicator. You can tell, not in detail specifically, but you can tell the nature of what people are thinking about by their countenance. Can't you? By, and just, you can sense the spirit of it about them. You can, for lack of a better word, feel depression. You can sense it. Where somebody has just been laying in a room yielding to wrong thoughts and depression and fear and feeling sorry for themselves for three days, you can walk in that room and sense it. Without anybody saying a word, you can feel it. Why? It's spiritual. It's spiritual. You can also sense and discern joy. You can peace. You can sense peace. You can come into where somebody has been praising God, loving God, and good things have been happening. You can sense peace walking on the grounds of a ministry or into a house where, where people are love God and are doing things that are good. You can sense it. So these things are real. And if you are thinking on the wrong thing, they won't be singing and praise and thanksgiving in the house there'll be this awful dead death feeling. you know i I understand why, but I don't like oh uh, you know I like motorbikes, but for some reason, they want to put skulls on them <laughs> yeah, crossbones and skulls a lot of no more than once, I've found a bike I really like. And it had a big old skull on the back. I thought, man, what would you mess this bike up (laughs) on? Why? Somebody said, oh, that's cool. It ain't cool. You don't understand. It represents death. Death ain't cool. Death is an enemy. It's the last enemy that will be destroyed and put underfoot. Our skulls were not made to be seen with no face on them. That's right. That's right. They're not attractive without a face and a scalp and some hair. Right? Or or whatever. (laughs) It ain't cool. Oh, yeah, I think it's cool. Well, you've been taking some wrong thoughts. Your mind needs to get renewed. Nothing. That the world thinks is cool is good, Amen. because the God of this world is inspiring people for this to be a trend and for this to be cool and this to be rad. And uh, no, notice the words. Oh man, that's bad. That's bad. What do they mean? It's good. It's wicked. Wicked good. Wicked. <laughs> wicked. don't realize you let the devil put words in your mouth and use them like you think you know what you're talking about. No, it ain't cool. God is cool. God is wonderful. He's good. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Use the right words. Release life. Let your words be more than just communication. Let them release spiritual substance when you speak. He said, verse 6, be careful for nothing. That's a strong statement. Put the Amplified up on this, please. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Is this the Bible? I said, is this the Bible? Should we take it seriously? Come on, sit out, like, I want you to read it out loud at least a couple of times with me. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Say it again. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. How much? How much? Say it again. Do not fret. How much fretting? Just don't do it. And how much anxiety? Don't have any. Anxiety. About what? Well, some things, some things are so serious about anything. I didn't say this would always be easy, but it is the command of the Lord. And the reason he'd command you to do something like this, when at times it is not easy, is because if you do that, you shut the door to him helping you. And you open the door to the enemy to destroy. If we want an answer, if we want a miracle, if we want to come out of this, we can't do this. We can't do this. And yet, people are doing it right and left. How many remember that uh, the ruler of the synagogue's daughter in Jesus' life and ministry was at the point of death and he came and asked Jesus to come and he said, I'll come. I'll come and heal her. And as they were going, People from his house came and met him and said, don't bother the master anymore. She's gone. It's too late. What did Jesus say? Anybody remember what he said? Fear not. not. (laughs) not. Believe only or only believe. And she will live. Said out loud, fear not. not. Only Only believe. And it'll happen. Well, what if you don't believe and you only fear? The miracle's not going to happen. The thing you're afraid of will come on you and will finish. The destruction will complete. Would Jesus tell this man that if it didn't matter? If he's just going to take care of it anyway, there wouldn't be any need to tell him that. If it didn't matter what the man did or didn't do. If what he believed, what he thought, what he said was no factor, Jesus wouldn't have said anything to it. He'd have just kept going. He'd have just said, get out of the way. Right? <laughs> get out of the way. I'm going to take care of this. And that's the impression a lot of people have left, that they think that's how Jesus ministered. He didn't. In his own hometown, he was unable the Bible said he couldn't do any mighty works there. Why? Because they wouldn't believe him. They wouldn't accept what he said. So w- when people got results, he told them over and over again, Your faith made you whole. Your faith saved you. It, it, be it to you according to your faith. If it had just been his anointing, his power, God's will, he'd have said that. He'd have said, God, God has willed this today. The power of God did. That's where the emphasis should have been. But Jesus said it right. The emphasis is on the faith. And the faith is connected to what you think and what you say. And so here, you know, any parent who understands this, he knew she was at the point of death when he left the house to go get Jesus. This is an emergency. This is an urgent thing. He comes and pleads with him. He told him that. She's at the point of death. She's right at death's door right now. Jesus said, I'll come. And so he's coming and they're going and they meet the people. What do you think he thought when he saw the people coming to him to meet him? They're his people. They're his family. The people are with him. And he sees the look on their face. Right? And then they get there and say the, the words he dreads to hear. She's gone she's gone. It's too late. Don't bother the master. What kind of thoughts hit this man? What kind of feelings hit this man? But Jesus looks at him. Oh, come on, are not with me? He looks at him and he tells him two big things. What did he tell him first? Why would he tell him don't fear? Because fear is gripping him. Fear of death is fear of irrecoverable loss. That's why it's such an awful, tormenting thing. Because people think they died. That's it. They're gone. You'll never see them again. And they were the light of your life. But that's a lie. I said that's a lie. Their spirit did not cease to exist. Right? And if you're a believer and they're a believer, it's just a very short amount of time, God time. Do you go see them again? You didn't lose them. They just relocated. You don't get to see them for a little while. But you'll see them soon. That's a very big difference. Between they are gone, gone forever. And that's why you and I don't sorrow like those who have no hope. And we don't fear death like unbelievers. Because we know it's not the end. Not for us. Not for our family. Not for our friends. It's not the end. Come on, somebody said, Ali, if you believe the Bible, you should say this strong, Death. Death is not the, end. is not, the end. not the end. It's not the end. What did the Lord say? To depart. He said, the Spirit of God said through Paul, actually, he said, to depart and be with Christ. So leaving here is what? Going somewhere else. That's right. They're not with you, but they are with somebody really nice. Right. I know you're wonderful, but huh? <laughs> 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 they're with Him. <laughs> And they're not in a rush to get back to you. They just want you to come on with them. And be with them with him. (laughs) And you shouldn't ask them to come back. Because if you were there, you wouldn't want to come back. (laughs) Even if you left early. Even if you left under less than perfect circumstances. Even if you left with things undone. Once you're there, you're thinking, so I'm here. <laughs> I'm staying. <laughs> right? You can't blame people. Especially if you hadn't been there. You know, don't talk about what you would or wouldn't do. <laughs> I know my grandmother, who was a wonderful woman of God. She's been in heaven for many years now. And um, when her mother-in-law, my granddad's mom, was a woman of God, too. And they had real good fellowship. And uh, they actually were prophets. Both of them. But people didn't understand that in those days. At all. And they were very persecuted. They they would see things and have dreams and visions. And it was not understood. They caught a lot of flack for it. But uh, her was her mother-in-law my granddad's Mother told him the day she was going home to be with the Lord. She was older. She told him the day. She said, "I'm going home on this day." Well, I, I don't know how many months or years passed, but she that morning, she stepped off the outside the the door on the steps with a pail in her hand to go milk the cow. I mean, this is a lot of years ago. This is my grandmother's mother-in-law. And fell dead. No pain. No disease. Just gone. On the day she said. And uh, well, man, it, uh, some of the family was taking it hard. And, and my, my grandmother was praying about it. She said she laid down uh, praying about it one night. Because some of the family was so upset. That their mom or their friend had gone home. And, and she said when her head hit the pillow. She come up out of her body. And just went up, 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 up. And she said she got to this beautiful, ornate staircase that curved. She said it was the most amazing thing. This, It was carved, it was ornamented, and at the top was her mother-in-law. <laughs> her name was Nettie, Nettie. My grandmother's name is Lena Perp. You know, down south we have extra names.
1: <laughs>
0: Double name. And uh, she said she had this beautiful purple robe on and just looked so young and so amazing. And she said uh, her mother in law said to her, among other things, asked about her children. Well, her son is named Quentin, and that's my grandfather on my dad's side, and said, uh, has Quentin changed his way of living since mother's here? Mother's gone. And my granddad was rough. He, he didn't, wasn't a believer at that time. Pretty rough guy. And um, she said, and, and every time I said, the reason I'm going through it like this is, when I got a little older, I understood what a big thing this experience was. And I would ask my grandmother to tell me again. I didn't understand it when I was a little boy, but you know, when I'm 14, 15, 16, I understand it. And I said, tell me that again. And she'd tell it exactly the same way every time. And when she'd tell it, her eyes had kind of messed up, and it's like she's reliving it. And I could tell this was a big deal. This was a big deal to her. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a big deal. And she said, uh, her, her mother-in-law said, has Quentin changed his way of living Since mothers left. And every time she'd say she'd hang her head and said, No, Miss Nettie, I'll have to say no. She said, Well, you tell him. And you tell all my children. If they want to see mother again, (laughs) they need to change. And so when she's at one point when she's telling me this story, I asked her, it just came up to me, I said, Well, I called her Mama. I said, Momo, would you have stayed if you could? And I realized at this time, she had two young children. She's a younger woman at that point, and one little one, and one, I don't know, eight, nine years old, and one, two or something. And I said, would you have stayed? Her eyes had messed up. She'd say, yeah, baby, I'd have stayed. (laughs) Now that's strong. Is that right? That's strong. And and I went. Somebody needs to hear this. I guess. I don't guess. I perceive it. Do not grieve like those who have no hope. Loved ones that know the Lord, they are in very good condition. They're with some really, really good people. Is that right? And they they don't want to come back here. But they do want you to come on to them. And it'll happen so quick. If you live another 50 years, 75 years, it's going to come and go so quick. And time, they're not experiencing time like we are. With the Lord, thousand years is like a day. And so if you're 50 years getting there, they'll probably look and go, wow, you're already here? <laughs> to them, it may be just like a very short amount of time. But we should not let the enemy bring us lies that we got this giant hole in us because they're gone and we can't function and we've lost our light, we've lost our life. Lies, lies, lies. The biggest one is still in you. The greater one. Is that right? The biggest one is in you and with him you can do anything that you need to do by His grace, but you must not let these thoughts come to you and sit on you and take them. You sit there and go, oh, I miss them so much. I miss them so much. They're gone. They're gone. They're not gone. They're relocated. Amen. Right? I'm so alone. You're not alone. The Lord said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're not alone. Besides that, look around. you got all these people that care about you. And a bunch of others too. Don't believe the devil's lies. Say say it out loud. I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to take that. Do not sit there. Dwell on that. Meditate on that. All you got to see, what is it doing to you? It's stealing my joy. It stole my peace. It's tormenting me. It's tearing me apart. So quit it. That's right. Stop! I can't help it. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. Come on, I want you to say it again. My mind, my mind. is my mind. my mind. I'm in control, I am in control. Of, what I think. of what I think. In fact, did you know the scripture says you have the mind of the anointed one? Come on, somebody say, I have the anointed mind the mind of Christ oh praise God oh somebody say praise God praise God God. I have the anointed mind I have the, uh, the mind of the anointed one the mind of the anointing I have the anointed mind didn't he say in fact, turn over there and look at it. John 14. This is a big part of the mind of the anointed one. Jesus said, John 14:1. What did he say? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Said out loud, let not, your heart be let not your heart be troubled. Skip down towards the end of the uh, chapter, verse 26. Verse 26, he said, The Comforter, this is one of the main names of the Holy Spirit. When he's talking to you, he's bringing you thoughts, he's bringing you something, it washes over you with peace, it comforts you may say comfort. Comforts comfort. 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 you. The comforter which is the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Yes. Are there thoughts involved in that? Yeah. God's thoughts. Yeah. He'll bring all things to your remembrance. Whatever I've said to you are those thoughts. Yeah. Thoughts from God. Verse 27 Peace I leave with you Jesus said. My peace I give to you. This is a big part of the mind of Christ. We we haven't realized, and I'm not claiming I fully realize, what the Lord has given us in this. It is a gift beyond words. He has given us his mind and his peace that he walked in when he lived on earth. Was Jesus scattered, distracted, full of fear and anxiety as he lived in this world? He was not. He was so stable. He was so solid. He was so bold. He was so full of peace and joy. Little kids loved him. Little kids don't like being around grumpy people. Right? Or people that seem cold. And indifferent. He's full of life. He's. Here's a revelation most people have never gotten. Jesus is fun. Jesus is fun. He's fun. He will tell you things that are funny. Never off color. Never anything that demeans at somebody else's expense but things that are genuinely, wholly funny. (laughs) Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, had more than one vision, visitation by the Lord. One of them, he said the Lord told him to kneel down and he put his finger in the palm of each one of his hands and said, I've given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. He said in the middle of that, he said this will not work unless you tell the people. Tell them what I told you. Well, this has to do with faith comes by hearing. You're not going to believe in something you hadn't heard about or you don't know about. Then you've got to make a decision to believe it. He said, Tell them that anointing's in your hands. Then he said, The Lord smiled, kind of a funny smile, and said, Not in your feet. Yeah. I didn't tell you to lay your feet on anybody. <laughs> Now that that just, that blows a lot of people's minds, right? They're thinking, what? Well, how well do you know him? He's a real person, not just some figment of somebody's imagination. He doesn't just say only what you think he might say. He says whatever he wants to say and do. He said he smiled kind of strange and said, not in your feet. I didn't tell you to lay your feet on anybody. Then he said again, not in your head. I didn't tell you to lay your head on people. He said, in your hands. And then he went on talking about what he's talking about. Interesting. Don't you think so? Yeah. Interesting. He will tell you some things that will just make you laugh. He is life. He's not death. He's up. Right? He's joy. He's peace. He's peace. Do you believe it, friends? Praise God. He said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. How many believe this is what we ought to be taking? This is what we should be receiving. He said, Don't take that stuff, but this, take it. Take what? His mind, his spirit, his peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Now, you know, people have all kind of ideas about peace in the world, but you cannot find real peace in the world. Not through any amount of therapy or their their brand of meditation or drugs. I mean... There'll be people that think, you know, well, you can sniff this or smoke this or or take this or combine this, and oh, man, you just become so zen and and so mellow. No, you're addled. You're not operating in your full potential of your brain. You're dysfunctional. And if you're knocked out from some drug, that ain't peace. That's (laughs) semi-comatose. You cannot find this in a bottle or a pill or through extended retail shopping therapy or or (laughs) anything. You can't find it. You can't buy enough stuff. You can't get enough success to make you go, wow. That's the peace of God. Only one place. Only one place can it be found. And it's from him. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world give I to you. And he says it again. Same thing he said in verse 1. Read it out loud with me. Let not your heart be troubled, neither... Let it be afraid. Who's the understood subject here? What did Jesus tell us? You are not to let or allow your heart to be troubled. You are not to let or allow your heart to be afraid. Did Jesus say it? Did he say it? More than once. And yet. Many, many, many church-going people would argue with him. And they would say, I don't want to be like this, but I can't help it. And if you believe the lie more than what the Lord told you, you're stuck. You are stuck in the dark. You're stuck in the torment. Because you don't believe. Your mind is your mind. You don't believe you can do What he told you. If my heart is troubled, or your heart is troubled, or afraid, help me out. How did it get that way? I let it get that way because I took. Whether I realized what I was doing or not, I received. I took the wrong thoughts, the wrong imaginations, the wrong feelings. I let them sit on me. I contemplated. I talked them. I listened to them. I meditated them until my heart has gotten all agitated like a body of water in a storm. Come on, can you see that? Until I am got filled with fear now. And it's my fault because it's my mind. And it's my mouth, and it's my ears. Come on, you all with me? It's my choice, what I'm listening to, what I'm talking about, what I'm thinking about. What did the scripture say? Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is what? Is what? So what if I have no peace at all? I've not been keeping my mind stayed on him. Whose fault is that? It's not God's fault. He's not putting me through this. He's not refusing to help me even though I'm begging and crying. What's going on? I'm not doing what he told me to do. Come on read it again. What did he say? He said I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. My peace that is unshakable The peace that I walked in in the earth that passes understanding, that keeps the heart and the mind, that kept me in the presence of the Almighty, no matter if I was facing death or a storm or the religious leaders or demon spirits or the cross itself. I'm giving this to you. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. He said, I'm giving this to you. What should we say? Thank you. thank you. I take it. Oh, come on, thank you. I receive it. I gladly thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I receive it. And then he said, okay, now that you got this, don't you let your heart get upset. Don't you let your heart get full of fear. Don't you let your heart get troubled. If you say, I I can't, he said, I just gave you my peace. (laughs) Don't tell me you can't. I knew you couldn't without it, which is why I gave you my peace. Come on That's why I gave it to you. And now that you have it, you can, if you'll make the right choice. If you will say no, I'm not taking those thoughts. And if you'll keep your mind stayed on me, what I said, what I told you, I'll keep you in that peace. And even when the things are just coming apart around you, doesn't mean you're happy about all the stuff that's going. But you got an anchor to your soul. Oh somebody say thank you Lord. You you are aware of his presence. He said I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you know no matter what. Even in the face of death itself. You're coming out of this better than okay. No matter what. No matter what I don't have to be troubled. I don't have to fear. Because he's with me. And he always causes me to triumph. He always causes me to win. Even in face of death I can say, where's your victory? (laughs) I can get sassy. (laughs) What if you die trying to believe God? Honey, you don't want to die any other way. That's, That's the way to go. Believe in God. So what do you think is going to happen the moment you slip out of your body? If you're a believer, you're going to see Him. Right? And what would be good to meet Him with? I I was believing you, Lord. I was believing you. Best I knew how. I don't know what happened there, but I I I was believing. He'll say, I know it, baby. Come in, come in, come in. I know it. And then for the next several hundred years, just every once in a while you'll go, Oh. Oh, that's what happened. Oh. No wonder. Oh. There's so many things we don't know. But if you were believing him, he'll be pleased with that. He'll go, I know it, baby. Come here. Yeah, I know. There's just a few things you need to learn. (laughs) Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.